I'm Adam Hergenrother and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. This is a show for leaders and high achievers who've experienced success on the outside and still feel like something is missing in their life, who have made money and accomplished big goals, but then ask themselves, is this all there is? After all, business is nothing but a conduit for your personal growth. Need nothing and enjoy everything. This is Business Meets Spirituality. Today, I want to start with uh, reading an email that I sent to a mentor, um, one of my largest mentors in business and in uh, from a kind of introduction to the spirituality conversations as well too, because um, I think he uh, does a really good job of living this. And I'm, I'm going to read the email slow, so don't freak out. Um, but this, the timestamp on this email was January 12th, 2013. So it's a, it's a long, long time, seven years ago from today anyways. Um, and so here's the email. And by the way, before I read this email, I also wanted to say like, I was actually nervous sending this email because, um, it's not your average email that you would send to somebody. Um, and this was when I was really starting to kind of embark on my journey, um, kind of inwardly. And even though I had been kind of faking inwardly for a couple of years before this and trying to really figure it out, I was just really confused. And so I didn't really know who to turn to. And so I just crafted this email one is actually a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. Um, when I sent this. So here's the email. When you have a moment, I appreciate your thoughts on a couple spiritual observations I am having troubling processing. Keeping it short, over the past couple of years, I, may, I have made significant changes in my life. I realized a couple of years ago that I was striving for success for the wrong reasons. S- significance was an emotion I was set out to achieve through material items. The reality was I was really insecure with who I was and was afraid to be myself. So I created a separate identity that was entirely ego-based and I did everything possible to continue to maintain that identity, including material economic success. With this new awareness, I set out to figure out why I was acting this way. I immersed myself in books, seminars, and conversations that related to this question and started teaching it, hence this company that I created called MindSpark uh, last year. However, I, I really feel like I started, started MindSpark with the wrong intentions. Again, more ego significance-based. The interesting thing is the minute I made the decision, kind of diffusing the ego, if you will, to shut MindSpark down, that business failed, the minute things started to become clearer and my purpose of teaching took on a different meaning, and one that I've never really experienced before. A feeling of giving from a place of non-judgment. This has continued and I've immersed myself even more on a spiritual quest and really bringing this in a teachable format. More in a month than I did in the entire time I was, I was actually bringing MindSpark into uh, reality, which was about three years at that point. Here are a couple thoughts that I've been struggling with. I want to let go of my association with material things. And while I'm intellectually and 75% physically there, I'm still not emotionally able to do so. I want to and know why I want to. I struggle with the fact that I, I like what money options money can bring, what options money can bring, and what I can do for others with money. I like being able to fly first class and stay in nicer hotel rooms and treat friends to dinner or give a maid $100 in the hallway. I like these things. Part of me, and I am not sure if it's ego-based, like material things to a certain extent, given their comforts. I also have huge goals for my business businesses and goals for owning planes and other huge material things that I know won't bring joy to me, maybe happiness, but that is only short-lived. I know that it's not the goal itself. It's the journey and who you have to become in order to achieve that goal. What level of consciousness I need to raise to in order to achieve that goal. That every emotion anyone is looking for with a material goal we have already achieved in our lives. 
I also know that success without fulfillment is ultimate failure. So life happens for us and not to us. How do I keep the goals of material things and goals for business without jeopardizing what is ultimately important in life? Being. To a certain extent, the reason why I was successfully was ego-based. Now I feel my why is to share a message in my own experiences, to create economic prosperity, and to create leaders who are not just wealthy economically, but wealth in physical, emotional, time, relationship, and contribution-based. It seems that it is paradoxical at times. Maybe I am thinking too hard and just need to feel more. When you get a moment, I'd be gracious to hear your thoughts. I was a bit all over the place, but I trust you understand what I was getting at. So that was the email again that I sent and I crafted. And so I'm going to read you the response to this. But again, I just want to read to kind of iterate again that it wasn't easy to send an email and I was kind of really trying to figure out where I was going. And I was just, and it's more, it's more of like a journaling exercise to be anything, just kind of asking myself. But it's so funny. I mean, how you've been, you were here obviously four years before that email went out there. Just in general, how the language, right? The language that you were even using almost seven years ago, right? To where we are today. It's just interesting to even to read that when we found that when, email. Yeah, when I, I, the being. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't believe you even used that seven years ago. Yeah. Um, Really, really interesting. Yeah, I thought it was too. Um, all right, so here's the response. I love the path you took around MindSpark. To me, it sounds like you found the right spiritual place to teach from. It's a place of contribution. In the end, that's the best place to come from. The material versus spiritual questions you ask are very powerful and in the end become the very foundation of a life worth living. To be honest, I walk the line. I own several homes, five first class. I have several expensive collections and a lot of clothes. These are the material things I've allowed myself to have. Everything else that comes to me, I either give away or reinvest in people. I think the key is this. Do, your, do you own things or do things own you? I am very clear that we, that we simply own things. We regularly give some away just to remind us that we're simply using them while we're here on earth. I'm very clear this is a spiritual journey in a physical form, so I practice one thing, giving. Giving is my spiritual calling. I give of my time, my resources. I have protected my estate around the handful of things I have, but after that, everything else is simply out there. I think you found your answer in this. Here's a quote from my email. To a certain extent, the reason why I was successful was ego-based. Now, I feel my why is to share a message in my own experiences, to create economic prosperity, and to create leaders who are not just wealthy economically, but wealthy in a physical, emotional time relationship and contribution-based. It seems that it is paradoxical at times, end quote. I live a big physical life because I want to live a big spiritual life. I seek to succeed to help others succeed. Do your best to live up to this and you're good to go, young man. Not quite as young anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> so Hallie, when you hear that, what do you, what do you think? Because I, I know you've, you've obviously been on a lot on this journey as well too, but it's just, it's really fascinating yeah, well, where do you feel like you are now compared to seven years ago? Yeah, you know, and um, well, I think a lot, you know, I think I think one of the the first kind of steps into kind of waking up, and remember the waking up, and we'll get into this in another podcast, I don't want to make it about this, but waking up just means that, look, the best way I can look describe, because people ask me this a lot, they say, well, what, is, what does waking up mean? Or, or really, I say people, Hallie constantly asks me what this <laughs> means all the time. Like, what does it mean to wake up, right? Like, tell me what it means. What do what listeners need to hear? What does it mean to wake up, right? And all of it, like, think about the last time you had an aha, Hallie, right? Like, just mm-hmm. like an aha, like you're like, oh, that's it. I get mm-hmm. it. Waking up in a spiritual sense is just waking up and realizing that every self-conception thought that you've had about the world and you 
is no longer you. I know it's deep, but understand that waking up, when you have that aha, you no longer see what you just had the aha on in the same way. It doesn't mean it's not there, right? Does that make sense? Like when you have an aha in business, she's like, no, it doesn't make sense. When you have an aha um, in, in your life, like what, what's an aha that you had recently? Like you're even just like, a, like an aha in business, in your personal life, just like you just, when, you're, when you had that aha, was there something that you saw differently from that? I'm just curious. Yes. So yes. spending the, I had kind of a couple, I guess, mm-hmm. spending the weekend in North Carolina recently with my sister and brother-in-law and two young nephews. I'd already, I, I think I'd already known this, but it was very evident to me that I never want to have children. <laughs> people know, you know, people yes. kind of know that about me, but it was like, love them. That felt real. it felt like the, deci- yeah. it was, the decision was final. Um, and um, another aha was that I, you know, whenever in my future life want to live closer to them. Yeah. And I need to be able to start working backwards from there. How, how do I make that happen? And that was a huge aha to me that that's really important to me. Yeah. How do you be closer to family? Yeah. So when you see that aha, when you have that aha, like, do you know, you see things differently though, right? Like from yes, your aha. And, yes. And does every decision I'm going to make is going to be exactly. different. And the conversations I have are going to be different and the energy I give to different things is going to be different. And so when you start to go through there, it, you start, it doesn't mean the old way of thinking isn't there. Like you still can kind of see it. It's over there, but now you just experience things differently. You're seeing it from a different part of you, right? That's, that's spiritual awakening at the, at the basic level, way down below is it's like just having one gigantic aha. And it's just all of a sudden you just start seeing the entire world and, and really you start seeing you differently. That's the, that's the, at the essence, that's the, it's like just, I just try to think about like what people have in business. They have a hoss all the time in business and a spiritual awakening just means that you just, one day you wake up and you just, it doesn't mean that everything that you used to see doesn't exist. It's still there. You just wake up and you go, wow, I see everything differently. And therefore then your decisions, where you put your energy, everything starts changing based on that. So that aha that I just had over the weekend is how does that how is that different than a spiritual awakening? It's not. It's just a spiritual awakening at that core level is just much larger. It's because you're seeing it in the still in like from the um, conceptual self of thinking and thoughts. Nothing wrong with that. They're very application. They're very in context. You need them because they make the world go round. But when you like, you can have a small aha. Like it's like, wow, I've learned how to tie my shoes. Right, this is great. Oh, this aha, this pants feel a lot better. Right, or you can have an aha like you just had about geographic location, about family, about not having kids. Right, all of those kind of ahas and start to shape your life. Then you get there's just different layers of those ahas, and so kind of that waking up just means you know when you have a nightmare, like you've had a nightmare and like it feels really real during the nightmare, like you can. You're experiencing the nightmare. It's not like it's maybe not, it is real. Well, you're experiencing it. Well, now you're getting <laughs> so you experience the nightmare. But then when you wake up, you go, "Oh man, I can't." I'm so glad that was just a dream, right? That's what waking up really means. It's just that you wake up from the dream, even though it feels real. That's spiritual awakening at the core. So, what does that mean to you when you felt like you yes. woke up? What what? Yeah. Did, what changed? What what did that look like or feel like? Well, I mean, I think there's a constant evolution of different layers of waking up. And I certainly think I went back in 2013. Um, for me, it was just starting to gain in a sense that that was my first awakening that I am not going to ever find joy 
in this kind of linear progression of life. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to find joy in things. However, I like them. So I was kind of confused because I was like, man, I really want to do these things. It's really where all of business meets spirituality came from was this constant question I've had in my life was, how do you not have to choose? Right? How do you not have to you know, go sit in a cave, um, which is cool if that's your thing. Um, that's not what I wanted to do. Right? I also wanted to grow and build these things. But I didn't want them to, I didn't want to have to play this tug of war game, right? And so then it just became much more of this, okay, so how do we answer this question? And so for me, it started to um, put me on this path of what do I need to do internally so that I can start letting a lot of this stuff go. And for it, you know, this was seven years ago and it's still it's still not always there. Like it's still like, it still shows up sometimes in my life. It's not like it doesn't, it kind of just feeds its way back through there. What did you feel like you had to give up or let go of in order to start separating yourself from the material? I think, you know, yeah, I think part of it is, is you, you, you can intellectually fight this, right? Like you can intellectually say, I don't want to have a car, but even though like, then all of a sudden your feelings like, but I still want the car, right? Like you can kind of intellectually say like, I want to be this better person. So then what I had to realize is this is just me being an achiever, right? This is me trying to go out there and fight it mentally, which is still just a, a thought, which the thought is nothing but just context. So what I had, what I realized was, is that you have to actually get behind all of that. And so realizing that you are not your thoughts. And that's kind of, what was the first thing is the first kind of level, you know, layer of, of kind of escaping the ego is just understanding that you're not your thoughts and you're not your feelings. Those are just literally just images, right? You think this is so funny. I mean, it, it, your image that comes in, like a thought comes in and the thoughts out. So therefore you're not your thoughts, right? And people have heard that, right? They hear that again. I'm sure you probably heard this before. You're not your thoughts, but if you really heard that, and that's what I kind of asked myself that I really hear this, like when it, did you actually really believe you weren't your thoughts or were you just trying to mentally kind of create this plan of kind of fight through this to let go? Um, but and if so, you're not your thoughts, yes, then who are you? You're, well, you know, one of the really neat things is when you look out and you can see that you are everything in your love and you can look inwardly and see that you're nothing. I know it's a very deep saying, but that's a very- Or can you say that again? Yes. When you look outside and you see that you're everything, that's love. And when you can see inwardly that you are nothing. In the grander yes, because you are the, because everything arises within everything, yes, and so that's that's kind of how you step back behind everything, right? It's not that uh, it's not that you, the, the, like the nothingness is a stream of energy. <laughs> we just use the label nothing, and people get lost in that. But the nothingness itself is the stream of energy, and then everything itself arises within that, right? It arises within like a bird flies within the sky. Is the bird part of the sky? right? It's not, it's not the sky, but it's in the sky. Just like thoughts, thinking your images that you come in your mind arise within the level of consciousness. Otherwise, you're, you wouldn't be able to experience them. Let's bring it yeah. back a little bit yes. to the, the, the money, the material, yeah. the ach- achievement, the business success. How do you, again, how do, how do we, these questions that yeah. you're asking your mentor, how do we reconcile that pull and also the pull to be a more yeah. conscious spiritual being. I think it's it's first having that awareness that are things owning you. I think they do a really good job in this email of stating that I'm very clear that I don't own things uh, or that I own things and things don't own me. So when things start shaping your life, like I have to have a membership at a golf club um, because that's a status symbol for me. Or I have to have a certain car. So you wrap yourself up in identity. Remember, it doesn't, it's not that those things don't exist and you can have those things. 
But the minute you've conceptually wrapped yourself into the thinking or the feelings of those things, you've lost. You're just dreaming. You're in a nightmare. And that's the cause of all suffering, by the way. So one of these the kind of um, prep forms we're looking for, you ask the question is, what does awakening mean? And when you, why, would, why does somebody want to awaken? And the reason why people awaken, again, is to end suffering. And that's ultimately the, the number one. It, it, it's not that it's not easy to, it's not that it's not hard to, it's not that it's easy to go through and get to that level, but ultimately awakening is to end suffering because you no longer become your feelings and your, in your thinking. Well, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back to, to this. Um, it's that first kind of that awakening is understanding. And I, so I think back, back to that time was like, I started asking these basic level questions was, do these things own me? Does this car own me? Does this house own me? Right. Does my business own me? Right? Am I attached my identity to my business? Have I attached my identity to all of these things? Could you lose it all tomorrow and still be okay? Exactly. And that's you just keep asking yourself these questions was like, can I can I just give these things away freely and still be okay? And and when you start asking those questions and just kind of put it in there, you start to gauge, you 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 instantly start to jam a wedge between um, that kind of a, that awareness and that awakening. And then you kind of, it just starts the process to, um, to allow the awakening process to happen, even when you're not consciously thinking about it, because you go, man, this car really does own me. Like mm. it got a scratch on this. One of our project you, um, participants, great example of this, mm-hmm. right? We're getting, doing a check-in and, uh, he has a Porsche, right? Um, and I think he, he had a Porsche before he started this process, but nothing wrong with Porsches. I love him too. He, he, yeah, he yeah, loves he his loves Porsche. Porsche. <laughs> he came down the hill and a couple of days ago, he got into an accident with it. Um, it wasn't his fault. He was stopped. A lady came around and they hit him, right? And his aha about all this, cause he's been doing about nine months plus of just deep work, kind of the things we're talking about here. And uh, he's like, man, I was, I was such a really cool experience. Um, who would say that about getting an accident, especially in your Porsche? He's like, I'm looking at this. My Porsche is smashed up, right? This whole, this whole thing. And I'm calmer than the other lady, right? This other lady who hit me, I'm just calm. I'm helping her out. Like, I'm just witnessing this. I'm just watching it. I just stayed collectively. Um, and it was just a really cool, oh, he's like, that's my, oh, like, I didn't get flustered. Mm-hmm. I didn't like all of a sudden become heated. Like if you're attached to the identity and somebody hits your Porsche, you're like, are you kidding me? how did you do this? Like, it's like, they're attacking you versus you're just, it's just a car. Yeah. He really had no emotion attachment to it. Yeah. Which is really cool. And that's the awakening process is when you, it doesn't mean you don't have the car. It just means you are not the car. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't have thoughts. You're just not your thoughts. I mean, we're doing this podcast using thoughts, right? Using it as an intellectual tool that it is. The thing is that we're, we're so we're, we're trained, if you will, to just become the thinking or become the things that we get, right? And one thing you talk about a lot is a different part of you is experiencing yes. the things. Yes. So how do you, how, what part of you is experiencing the things now that you have? And how do you know that that's the part of you that's experiencing those things? I think it goes back to the answer is if you can get rid of your things at any moment and it just doesn't affect you, meaning it doesn't like pull at you to let those things go. That's when you know that you're just experiencing just the thing. I'm just experiencing it, right? Like if you look at a tree and you're just experiencing a tree, right? Or if you're just, you just look at a cloud, right? And you're just experiencing the cloud. If the cloud went away, you wouldn't be like, mother, kidding me? Like this cloud's gone, right? Like, is it some sort of, is it being... I mean, I want to say unemotional or, or, or neutral because, you know, things make you, a tree could make you really, it's a beautiful tree. So you, you get all sorts of good emotions too. It's not always negative. Mm, yes. So how, what is that? 
mean? It, in either case, it doesn't matter yeah. because what you're doing is you're behind the good emotions and you're behind the, uh, that's, that's a wrong word. You're behind an experience mm-hmm. that you're getting to experience. And some of those experiences feel differently. Now to put it in a grittier term, yes, you're a good experience as we would all classify as something that makes you feel better, mm-hmm. right? And a, a worse experience is something that makes you feel not as good. They're both just experiences, right? So yes, you stay behind them on either one of those cases. So it doesn't mean that you don't see your heart and feel it. You're like, oh my God, look how my heart can just fill So we're not talking love. about not being unemotional. We're not talking no, about it's not, not having emotions. It's not that you don't, ex- it's not like they're not there. Right. It's not like you just all of a sudden you go and like, you just wake up and like, wow, my thoughts are gone. And like my, my emotions are there. No, you still see them. You still experience them. You're just, you're not, you haven't created the, the self-conceptual identity that is wraps us all up with our thinking and our thoughts. It's when you are them, when you are your thoughts, meaning the, and the funny thing is, is even in a deeper level, you're actually still not because you're still here, even though your personality is over, over the point. But anyways, you have your thinking and you have your emotions. And when people become them, right? And that's kind of when you go back to the question, he goes, I like things, but I know that things don't own me. And that's just a better way of saying it. And kind of a spiritual sense of saying it would be our personal growth sense through these things is that, yes, I understand. I love traveling first class, but I'm not it. I'm not it. I'm not that. Those are things or thoughts are just perceived, you know, thinking. They're just energy there and you're not, you're behind all of it. So it doesn't matter if it's a positive or a negative. So I think as you start to do this is start asking yourself, you know, does money drive me, right? Is money my driving motivator? Does it drive me? And if it does, I'm not saying there's no judgment on that, right? Because mm-hmm. for me, it drove me for the first like many years, yeah. yeah, for a long time to go be successful. And and so does driving you. And then why? That's the that's the part of all of this. If you can just ask yourself the deeper question of why? Why do I need this? And if you're willing to sit and not let the ego answer it and allow just to kind of let that sit for just a few seconds before the thought comes in there of why do I need this? Then you start to you start to go deeper on this and realize like, oh, I need this because I need to feel my identity. I need to feel a certain way. If I have this, then I'll then I'll wrap myself up in this and I'll feel it. It's like you just then you just protect everything on there. Do you think that to a certain degree people need to go through this success or this accumulation of wealth or money or material things like you did before they can truly own the experience and understand that it doesn't make them happy? And then they can start living on focusing on living on a different part of themselves? Well, I can only answer that from my experiences. Um, and that's the path that I chose. But there's a lot of spiritual leaders who never had any of material successes and have had plenty of awakenings. Um, and there's other people who are, I like, like somebody like Michael Singer, right? Who was spiritual and then went into and built a billion, billion dollar business and then just stayed spiritual. So he was a spiritual person going into business. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, it was, I was a business person, a business person. I'm using that generally speaking as I was profit was a primary motivator who then became more spiritual from the business application. Um, so for my experiences, and I think for a lot of achievers that are out there, I do think a lot of people will go this route and based on my experience and the people that have come to me and they've talked to me and, and the events that we're doing and emails and cards and all that stuff, it's more about, yes, I've reached this point of success in my life. And you're, what you're saying is accurate. Like this car, like I don't feel the same way about the car anymore, but you've kind of, you had to have it. For me, I had to have it. It's mm-hmm. kind of experience it. I'll give you another example about this. When I was in college, man, I was like, Vermont's way too small for me. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I'm not going to live in Vermont. Like definitely not living in Vermont. And um, I studied abroad in Australia 
for eight months. And, um, I was so excited just to get away, like get out of Vermont. Like you've asked me time. I was going to be working on wall street. I mean, this is, I went to school for finance. I mean, I graduated top of my class. I was part of all of the, the internships down on wall street. I was like, man, I, this is, I'm going to be a wall street dude. Like I'm just going to go work hundred hours. And you know, I'm st- I still love working. Right. So it's, it's not that. It's like, so all this stuff, I was like, then, then I went away in Australia and about three months into my experience, I was like, Oh, I actually love Vermont. I love being there. And so if I hadn't gone through that experience and experienced what it was like to be away from this place, I probably wouldn't have stayed here. I probably would have make it, made an effort, more of an effort to take a job down on Wall Street, which would have changed the entire course of my mm-hmm. where I am, right? And so I used to use that as an example. I had to actually experience it versus just kind of saying it. Saying it's like reading the menu in a restaurant, right? Like, hey, I want to go live down there. It's like, hey, I want this. But once you taste it, it the experience changes it. You can never use words or thoughts or images to actually experience something. You can come close and some come closer than others, but you can never use thoughts, images, or any of that stuff to actually experience it. So once I've, once I experienced being away, I was like, no, I really want to actually be here. Um, and it's the same thing in this. And once you start to experience that, um, you actually don't need these things, uh, then you can start your process to uh, realizing you don't need them. Right, but yeah, it's like you have to experience them. Sometimes you need to yeah. experience them, them them first in order for it to be your truth yeah. or your story. Yeah, and I think part of this is is so how do you bring this? You know, if I'm looking at this um, from a from a standpoint of um, the business brought me to that point mm-hmm. to serve that to send that email right, and and in the business application of this, um, and so then I once you start asking that, then you can start to separate yourself, and that's honestly where our organization started to really rapidly grow. Mm-hmm. It's a really important part of the conversation. There is there was a certain level of success in 2013, but from 2013 to where we are today is astronomically different as an organization, and so. So once I was able to let part of that go and really get to there, you started serving other people, right? And you use that word meaning like, I just want to contribute to the people that are around me, whether that's you, whether that's anybody else in our organization is let's grow them. So instead of making about you the whole time about you getting money, there's about how do I create wealth for other people? Wealth meaning money, growth, spiritual conversations, right? All of those kind of components inside your organization. And uh, that's what started that path of of really focusing on growing people inside the company. You know, I, I think it's it's also worth uh, the, mentioning that this was a this has been a lifelong journey for me. In fact, um, I, I explained this in one of the earlier podcasts of even when I was in fifteen or sixteen years old, kind of going through my first transition physically, there was this deep inner voice that was just I didn't transform myself back then because I wanted a better feeling, I transformed myself because I had this dissatisfaction in my life and I knew there was something more and I didn't quite know it. So this kind of has been, has been nagging at me ever since I was, I was young, um, was just this kind of like, even when I was 15, I mean, 16 people say, well, how do you change when you're that age? Um, and I, before I couldn't really, I'm like, I don't know. I just had this deeper sense. It wasn't my mind. It was like this deeper drive that said change, change, like change. And I know what that meant. And so that was the same kind of conversation, that same kind of whisper that's there. If you're listening that happened, you know, and, and, you know, 10, 11 years ago, uh, even though I sent this seven years, it was 10, 11 years ago, it was just kind of this whisper, like there's something more, right? There's something more to business. And that put me on this journey to how you're listening to today. Um, but it's sequential, 
right? It just doesn't, for most people, it doesn't happen simultaneously. I mean, if I go back to when I was 16, man, this is a, you know, a 21 year, 21 year journey um, of kind of going into those and into asking those questions. Um, so it is sequential and just start with really focusing on when I acquire material success, do I own them or do they own me? And being real with asking that question. Can you? Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like you'd have to really identify what it is that you really want. Sometimes you don't know what you really want until you know what you don't want. Yes. I think that's a that's a great point to make though, is that a lot of times if you need to start, if you're listening to this, that means you're you're thirsty for growth in this realm, which means there's already been a breaking point within you. You just may not realize that. That's saying, I want something more. I want something bigger in my life. And I'm not quite sure what that is, if you're listening to this, right? Because if you haven't even hit that point yet, you just you wouldn't even be listening you don't to anything. Know. Yeah. Don't, yeah, that's that's 99% of the world operates that way. They just they don't it's not that they they're meaning to, but they're not gonna pick up a business meet spirituality podcast if there hasn't been some some sort of form of just breaking into that of going, and there's this quiet whisper. That's why I gave that example. Like there's in my entire life, there's been that little kind of, and now that flame is larger because I'm allowing it to shine. But it's just that question that's just like, just, you know, it's really answering the question of who you are, who are you and why are you here? Right. And, uh, and that question asked, I don't think you have to wait to hit some certain level of success. I think it's going to come at different people at different times. And I think the, the cool thing about, this entire secular change in our Western society is that people are asking this question way more than they ever have before, right? Just way more. And I just I see people that are in that have been teaching, you know, really personal growth techniques that are really famous people now using consciousness in their in their wording, right? Because it's just now people are starting to go, yeah, hey, I, I want to know a little bit more about that. So you don't have to reach a certain level of success. It just when it, when it comes in there and something whispers to you like there's something more, explore it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Business Meets Spirituality. I know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you choosing this one. If you liked it, how about sharing with some friends? And folks, remember, never give up on joy.